All right, welcome to the first episode. What do you call them, Jordan? Episodes? Yeah, uh, I call it an episode. All right, so we'll call it an episode of Love of the Links Radio uh, with the Little Linksters crew. Today we have uh, myself, Brendan Elliott, PJ Professional here in Central Florida, along with my uh, number one go-to man, Jordan Lashoons. What's going on, everybody? And basically we're going to talk golf, uh, primarily with, with both of us having... An affinity for working with children, and myself as the founder of Little Linksters, and Jordan is is our lead instructor. Most of what we're going to talk about, obviously, is golf, uh, but we'll also dive into junior golf and a lot of other topics. Yeah, it's going to be a little different, but I think think it's going to go well. Yeah, so this first show is not going to go with the normal flow. This is just an introduction. We want to get it out there have people know who we are, what we're going to talk about, um, see if it's your cup of tea, if it's the type of thing you want to listen to. Um, a typical show, as we get going on a more of a regular basis, we're going to uh, we're gonna record and post once a week. Um, you can get us on several different of the options out there for podcasts. But a typical show, we'd, we'd talk about the, the, what is the, the news of the week in golf, um, we talk about uh, a little bit of some, maybe some golf tips. We'll have some interviews. Uh, since junior golf is a big thing that we're going to really focus on, we'll have some of our little Linksters kids, uh, interviews with them. And just, you know, some some will be kind of cute when we get some of the, the four or five-year-olds in there for an interview. And some will be a little bit more serious with some of our older kids. But just getting the perspective of a junior golfer coming right from the mouth of a junior golfer will be pretty cool to get that. And then some of our other interviews may include some of the some of the bigger names in the game. Uh, for example, it could be President Susie Welly, the new president of the PGA of America, or some some folks that have really helped our our organization over the years. Jordan Spieth, Jack Nicholas, Annika Sorenstam. So we uh, we're hoping to get some some big names, Jordan, with the uh, with this podcast. So what I wanted to start with, at least for this initial launch is just talking about the year that was in 2018. Jordan, what are some of your thoughts on 2018 as we come to a close? And maybe maybe after that, we can talk about what 2019 looks like. Uh, 2018 uh, for golf this year was, was really exciting. Um, obviously, we had big name come back this year, kind of really back in the fold with Tiger Woods, but the young guns still kind of held their own ground and it, they're not making it easy for them. Um, but we had some really exciting majors this year and I can't wait to see what 2019 holds. Yeah, it was, it was an exciting year with the majors and especially with Tiger being back. Uh, we'll start with, with one of the the first events of the year that really gets people's blood going and uh, especially for those of you that live in the colder climates of the United States. Uh, the Masters was won this year by Patrick Reed. Uh, Patrick Reed is somewhat of a hometown guy uh, in in the Georgia area, in the Augusta, Georgia area. So it it was a big win for Patrick, kind of justifying some claims that Patrick has made over the years as being one of the best in the world. Uh, any thoughts on his win, Jordan? Um, that was quite the uh, quite the tournament this year. The Masters, I always look forward to the Masters. It really gets me ready for the the rest of the season. The Masters for me, it just gets me ready for that the the long haul of the summer and it was it was really interesting to see Reed kind of normally he's 
very outgoing, outspoken, but it seemed like during the Masters, he was really trying to keep his emotions in check yeah, yeah. throughout the entire week, not even just on Sunday, but it was, it was a great tournament to watch. Yeah, and, and my takeaways from that, you know, as you know, Jordan, I'm very fortunate to be able to, to go up to the Masters every year, and I, that's my, my mancation. I, I've been going up there for, I think this is my eighth year in a row, um, but uh, it, it was it was good to see. I'll be honest, he wasn't one of my favorites to win, uh, but you're right. He really kept his emotions in check, and I, I think ultimately that's what led to his victory was that. Uh, because sometimes you're, you're not sure, you know, he's got a history. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't like him. Uh, but what you can say about him is he's a grinder and he really, he, uh, once he gets out in the lead, he's one of those type of guys that just, just runs with it. Yeah. Once he gets the lead they're really, it's going to be tough to get it out of his grasp because once he has that lead, that's when he puts on the gas pedal and just doesn't stop yeah he doesn't let anybody catch up now kind of what was a surprise to me at least with with reed winning the at augusta was the fact that he really didn't have a great season after that yeah that's true he you didn't really hear much of reed after the masters until what the Ryder cup probably yeah and he, he wasn't too spectacular at the Ryder cup for sure uh Although he he will make it a point, like he did in recent news in the last week or two, that he still is undefeated in singles matches for for the Ryder Cup, and but I don't I don't think he can give him that Captain America status anymore because he was kind of a dud in the uh, and, and a lot of the Americans were were yeah. not feeling it. it. Wasn't a very good year this year for the Americans. No, and I think yeah, I think you and I talked about this before, Jordan, that. Uh, just with it coming, the, the scheduling this year, with it coming right on the heels of the Tour Championship, Tiger looks sluggish, Reed looks sluggish. Uh, a lot of these guys, there was... First, yeah, they were all in contention still. You know, I can't, I can't remember exactly how many guys from the U.S. squad were in the Tour Championship, but I almost feel like it was all but all but one guy was, was in the Tour Championship. Uh, and you look at the European squad, and it was maybe five or six guys was in the Tour Championship. So... Being a little run down, a little tired after a long haul with the playoffs, uh, could could have really affected the the American squad for sure. Um, so let's jump U.S. Open. I know we kind of jumped around there from the Masters and got right into the Ryder Cup, which is always a big topic of of discussion here in the U.S. But U.S. Open, and we can kind of pair this together with the PGA Championship. But Brooks Kepka, what a stud he is! He just seems to find his golf game at the right time. Yeah, two and majors this year. I mean, yeah. that's that's an accomplishment. It, it it's it's interesting that there's guys like him that they need those big tournaments in order to showcase the the type of player that they really are. You know what I mean? Those 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 ride or die type tournaments where it's big. This is it. This is the right. stage. This is the majors. This is what guys kind of judge their careers on. It, and it's it's crazy to see with you saying that just how much Kepka has really jumped to the top of not only the leaderboards but just of the golf talk in general yeah because of how strong he has been at the majors and and he's kind of out of that that mold of what a modern PGA tour player is he's he's strong uh he he's fairly big he hits the ball a ton uh and and that's 
you know, we see it with Dustin Johnson and even Tiger being, you know, one of the, the senior players now. Uh, it's still that same thing that he started, you know, 20 years ago. of Swinging hard at it and yeah. getting that distance, getting that speed in there and just kind of taking the course on right away, really yeah. going after it. And, and they're athletes now. That's it's, for sure. It's not Craig Stadler's out there anymore. <laughs> no offense to Craig Stadler, great player, but it, it golfers today for the most part are athletes. And there's a lot of you know science and training and things that are being uh, that are more at the forefront now than they have ever been oh, in for the sure. history of our game. Especially the science. I mean, if you look at Deshambo. Yeah. Oh God, we could talk forever on a guy <laughs> like him. But Br- Bryson, what a stud he was this year. Yeah, and he he could be something to deal with in 2019. And he and he gets people talking about his unique way <laughs> of going about things, uh, whether it be the single length irons or his scientific take to the game. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, open championship. Gotta love Francisco Molinari. I mean, you gotta. The guy is... How, how would you explain Francis, Francisco Molinari? I mean, to me, I feel like he's a known name, but not very well known. Yeah. But at the same time... You see his name at the top of the leaderboard, and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I know who that is. Yeah. But then at the same time, you don't. he doesn't get the same credit that a lot of the other guys may. Right. I mean, maybe in Europe, if we were coming to you from Europe, we might lead off this conversation with talking about the year that was with Fran- Francisco Marlari. Right. Uh, but then you got guys like Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood and Molinari at the Ryder Cup, Unbelievable duo. Yeah. I mean, studs, and and they're they're the the two studs of the European tour. And yeah, but it also goes to show you that they they played well all year long. Not even just at the Ryder Cup. I mean, Fleetwood was always in contention quite a bit throughout the year. Yeah, and it just it continued for them into the Ryder Cup, and they just absolutely destroyed the United States. Yeah. And, you know, some, some other news from the year that was. Brooks Kepka, we've talked about him with his big wins, but he was player of the year for the PGA. Um, we still got some of the uh, PGA Tour end-of-the-year awards to come, I believe. Uh, probably looking at comeback player of the year, probably being Tiger Woods. I don't, I would I don't, see, I don't see who else could win it. I jotted, I jotted another name down, Keegan Bradley. Big Keegan Bradley fan, but he wasn't consistent throughout the year. There was, there was glimpses throughout the year, but his his win, uh, this year really was a big deal for somebody like like him. And I think I think we probably would have heard a little more about him if Tiger wasn't having yeah. such a good comeback. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the golf world erupted when Tiger kind of started looking like Tiger again. Yeah, and that scene at the Tour Championship. With the people behind him running up the fairway, that was a tiger scene. Oh, but, but unlike anything that we've ever seen before, I th- I think we've probably seen it before, but it's been so long that there's yeah. there's a new fan base out there that hasn't gotten to see that, and yeah. now they did. Yeah, and you saw what that did with that group on the last hole of the tour. It, it's exciting. I mean, you can you can think back to the '86 Masters and. Nicholas was kind of washed up for, you know, I, Jack's Jack's one of the goats out there. I can't think of that far back. 
well, see, you're much younger <laughs> than I am, but I I clearly remember the '86 Masters and and Jack making that charge on the back nine at Augusta, and after not doing much for the previous couple of years, that's the same type of feeling that I got at least being a huge Tiger fan. Right. And which, by the way, this this Tiger Jack, who's the goat? Crap. <laughs> why can't there be two goats? I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, different eras. Different eras, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I don't want to get off topic here, but it's like the Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Exactly. I mean, they're both the best players that have ever played the game. Oh, and, and their time, yes. Yeah, so we could just leave it at that. I agree. So you've heard it here first <laughs> on Love of the Links Radio that you can have more than one greatest player of all time. Right? Yes. Go- goats. We'll put an S at the end. Yes. Okay. Um, how would that spell out? G-O- greatest of all time shared. Goats. <laughs> all right. Um, speaking of studs and one of the, you know, some of the great players, Justin Rose, man, world number one, uh, He he's always there. He really is. And even though a lot of the topic during the Tour Championship was on Tiger, I mean, Justin had to hold his own. Oh, yeah. And he pulled, he pulled it out. He held yeah. his own. It was tough, but he did it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was touch and go there. It was, it, it was interesting to see where they were positioned as the round progressed on that, in that final round uh, at Eastlake, who was, who was number one in the standings and, and Tiger had it there, if I remember correctly, that, what, on 16 or 17, Tiger was winning winning the uh, the points race. Wow. And then Rosie pulled it out there and, and kept that, which, which, I, which I think truly was the way it was supposed to happen. Because right. Justin Rose had a great year. He had a great year. Tiger got his win that he had been searching for all year. He came yeah. close quite a bit, but he finally got that win he was searching for. Yeah. So I, I was happy that day. And I, I kind of feel a little bad for Bryson because he had he had played so good in the playoffs, and for him to slide from that top spot in that final tournament, right? Uh, it was kind of tough to see. Yeah, it's that was tough to see because he did he played so well. What three four weeks in front of that? Yeah, All, like, yeah. he he was winning quite a bit at the end of the year. But that's the playoffs. I mean, that's the and, and yeah, they're making some changes for the upcoming season. But I I th- I think what. I don't know how many years deep we are into the into the tour playoffs, but I, I think it's really making things more exciting than it's been before. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I'm not a NASCAR guy, but the the same type of thing that they do in NASCAR and uh it really builds the excitement as the end of the season. It leads to that to that tour championship that end of the season. It gives everybody a chance. Yeah. Everybody that makes the playoffs have a chance. Yeah, so probably the biggest news of the year. Sir Eldrick, okay, Mr. Woods. Uh, what are some takeaways from that? Did you, I know you're a Tiger fan, I could be the biggest Tiger fan on the planet. Uh, Jordan's always texting me during the tournaments, and, and I'm like, he's going to do it, he's going to do it this week. And then, you know, slowly but surely he fades and does that Tiger, he builds it up. <laughs> But it this year it happened, and he was knocking on the door at Valspar. He knocked at the door. Bay Hill, he had a shot. Rory played awesome at Bay Hill, though. But that he did. But Tiger was right there, and it's it. You could see it coming. 
Oh, for sure. Throughout the the entire year, I mean, he started early in the season playing well. Yeah. And I think that's why the Tiger hype train was so big last season, because he was playing so well so early. He did go through a little bit of a lull there kind of after he played well early, and then kind of from the middle of the season on, I mean, he had a chance quite a bit. I mean, yeah. people were giving him a good chance at the beginning of the week, and it really just depended on how he shot on Thursday and Friday. Right, yeah. I mean, if he could make the weekend, he was having a chance on the weekend anytime he made it. And we we were looking at a, a video earlier today uh, of Tiger, and he was kind of getting sharing his thoughts of where he thought the turning point was for him this season. And again, it, yes, in Valsbar early in the season, he he finished second, I believe, in Tampa, right, at Innisbrook. So there was signs there, but he doesn't really feel that he. Uh, his tipping point was more at the British Open, back nine on Sunday. Uh, can't remember exactly what hole it was. It was the it was one of the par fives on the back, and uh, maybe maybe it was a short par four. But he he had a shot that he had to take it high and over the bunker, and it was a pretty tight pin. And he feels like that was his make or break for the year. Um, so. It's it's exciting, especially for a guy that's grown up. I mean, when I moved to Florida from New York, I literally remember one of the first things I did is I was moving into uh, the apartment I, I stayed at when I first moved down here, was watching that press conference where he said, hello world. <laughs> and I vividly remember that, and to just to see where we are today. And, and, and granted, some folks that are watching this are more golf fans uh, versus you and I as those that work in the industry, which are also golf fans. But there's some things at stake. You know, for, for Tiger to play well, there's some things at stake. He's the guy that moves the needle. And oh, he's for always sure. going to be the guy that moves the needle. Uh, and for us that work in the industry, um, which is kind of leading to one of my next topics, it's the state of the game. Where are we at? And when you have a guy like Tiger Woods... Uh, showing back up, is healthy, is winning, uh, and moving, God, how many spots did he move in the world rankings? He's, in, he's within the top 20 now. Right. What did he start out? 600s? He, he, was, he was in the 600s at one point. So it's, it's unbelievable from that respect. But being that guy that moves a needle, where's the state of the industry right now? We're in, we're in pretty good shape in the golf industry. I mean, there's signs of growth, certain pockets, Right. Um, one of the fastest growing demographics in, in the game of golf, as far as participation goes, is young girls. And, you know, we didn't talk, talk much today, at least, about the LPGA, but we'll definitely talk about that in, in future broadcasts. There, there's a big resurgence of young ladies playing the game. Uh, and for, for industry guys like me, and with a, is a father of a daughter, doesn't play golf, but hey, it's it's an exciting thing to see a lot of young ladies out there, especially Americans, because right. we need some of those American girls out there playing well. Uh, it's exciting to see. I completely agree. I've 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 been kind of used to. I've been teaching with the Little Linksters now for about six years, and I was always there was always girls sporadically throughout classes, but it seems lately there's been more girls than boys in our classes. Yeah, and yeah. I I'm I'm kind of digging it because these these girls are good. As far as kids go, 
I'm going to ask you a question here, Jordan. I know the answer is a father of a boy and a girl. And you're you're a young guy. You could probably be my son. <laughs> but uh, what do you what do you think as far as the focus that younger kids show? Do young ladies versus young men uh, show a lot more focus and discipline? Um, I mean that's that's a tough question to answer. I would want to say yes, but I would also say it, it really depends on. One, the age, but two, also the interest level right away. Yeah. Um, if there, there's definitely some some girls that come into lessons that are really interested right away. Um, for one example, we have a, a young girl that has an older brother that does lessons with us, and now she's getting involved. Yeah. And she has so much focus, and so she is unbelievable at how much focus she really has when she has that golf club in her hands. Yeah, and you're going to post that here today. Uh... I actually did just post that to my Coach Jordan Facebook page. Plug, plug it. <laughs> Coach, Coach Jordan. Coach Jordan 67 on Facebook. Check yeah. it out. What's your Instagram? Instagram is at J. Yeah, so check out Coach Jordan on there. and You can see some pictures and, and some videos of, of some of the kids that Jordan's working with. Look, you know, uh, that's, that's what we do. Uh, Jordan and I are really big at growing the game. And that's a term that you hear a lot within our industry. And even for fans of the game, you hear that growth of the game. Uh, but we're really on the front lines, I feel, with what we do at Little Linksters. And it's it, it's not just the really super young kids, which is something that kind of gets ignored by a lot of golf professionals. Uh, that creates that, that good foundation for, for future growth and enjoyment in the game. And ultimately grows numbers long term they you know what they don't even keep stats for the ages for that we start kids at most of the statistics from the national golf foundation and some of the other uh, entities out there in the industry it starts at six and we're starting kids at three four five years old so i feel like what we do somebody had to change the norm yeah and look we're celebrating our our 10th anniversary at little Linksters, and we've still got a long way to go uh, but staying the course and continuing to to do what we believe is the right thing to do and the ages we introduce kids, it's, it's important. But we're also excited. In 2019, we're expanding that a little bit, right? We sure are. We, uh, we're going to be going cradle to college. Yep. And th- this is a pretty big deal for us. We're, we're trying to kind of reach out and continue with those that want to continue with us because sometimes we start with those kids that are three and they stay with us until the, let's say they're 12 mm-hmm. and then they don't really know what they want to do but now now they can stay with us as long as they want yeah and and those that are excelling uh doing better we can kind of prep them and put a plan together for the next level whatever that next level is whether it be uh when they're five six seven years old starting to get competitive We've got an avenue for that with our tournament series. Or even the older kids that are looking, you know, middle schoolers that love the game, trying to move into the high school and become a little bit more competitive, maybe make that high school team. We've got a we've got a, a avenue for them. Uh, we have an avenue now for high school players that are looking to possibly and potentially get a scholarship and play at the collegiate level. We're excited about that. As well as those that may be interested in getting involved in the industry in a different way than playing. Yeah, because there's a lot of opportunities. And I, I, I think this is something that's unique that we're, we're embarking on this year. 
being that one of my jobs, at least beyond Little Linksters, is working at the Golf Academy of America, where we broadcast from uh, with today with the podcast. But going forward, this is going to be unless we're on site somewhere, which we may do that in the future. But that's where we're uh, broadcasting from is the Golf Academy of America, where we prep individuals to work in the golf industry. And I don't think that there's I, I I could dare say that there is no golf programs in the country where we groom kids not just on how to play the game, but what opportunities are out there not just playing, but working in the industry. Right, and, and that's, I'm actually myself a graduate of the Golf Academy, and that was something kind of coming into the Golf Academy I knew about different areas of the golf business. Obviously, there's the cart barn staff and the pro shop staff and this and that. But I never even really thought about becoming a golf instructor until I got here. Yeah. Um, And and you gave me that chance to to try it as a student. And I fell in love with it right away. I never stopped. Yeah. And that's that's the great thing is about Golf Academy here. There's so many opportunities. Whether it be here in Florida or at a different campus, there are... There's so many great opportunities and so many possibilities for networking. And, and the industry is becoming so diverse, too. I mean, we were talking about working in the golf industry. It's it's not just working as a assist, assistant golf pro or head golf professional. There's top golf. There's top golf, that's that's huge these days. I mean, yeah. they're, they're getting bigger and bigger everywhere you look. Yep. And it's not just bringing in golfers. No, it's bringing in everybody and making new golfers. Yeah, I mean, some people that go to Top Golf, for example, they go once and it turns into a weekly thing. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm a golfer now. I mean, it's it's just incredible to see the ideas that are coming out that are really driving this industry these days. And and there's so many different avenues. It's it's the Top Golfs. It's the technology. It's the it's the technology from a teaching standpoint. It's it's working in golf media. Um, uh, there's those in sales, golf sales, whether it's a sales rep or working for a manufacturer. There's just so many. Look, it's a multi-multi-billion-dollar industry, and and that's what we that's what we do with the Golf Academy of America. But what we're excited about with Little Linksters as well is getting those younger kids interested in the game. Number one, keeping it fun. Number one, but then saying, Hey, look, I know you're eight. But you want to be a fireman, or do we want those kids saying, "I want to be a golf pro"? You know, and we've got a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. we've got a couple of our kids that have already told mom and dad, "I want to be a coach." Yeah, and I mean that's that's what we're looking for. I mean, yeah, whether they end up playing or doing something else in the industry, as long as they're loving what they're doing, that's all that matters. Yeah, and in fact, one of the segments that we're going to have once. Once we work out how this whole forum and show and podcast is going to work, is we're going to interview some of the kids in our program. We're going to do an uh, interview with one kid a week, and actually we're going to record one tonight with one of my students, uh, Bryn Presimone. Don't know if it'll be included on this one once we uh, do a final edit and post it out there. She's a little shy sometimes, <laughs> but we're definitely going to get some of our kids, um, you know, you'll get their perspective on things, which will be pretty cool. Uh, Jordan, before we switch gears here a little bit, I just wanted to uh, get your insight on some of the PGA-led initiatives that that we at Little Linksters also take part in. 
Uh, and again, this is partnered up with, with Golf Academy of America as well, because we uh, not only do I work here as a director of career development, but uh, we also use the facilities for a lot of the programs we do. But I want to get your insight on PGA Junior League, PGA Junior Camps, Drive, Chip, and Putt. What do you feel about these initiatives? All three of these initiatives are absolutely amazing. Um, when I first got involved with Little Inksers here and had the opportunity to get involved with PGA Junior League, I immediately thought to myself, why hasn't this been around longer? Yeah. This is, PGA Junior League is a great way to get introduced to golf. Whether you're five, whether you're 13, anywhere in between there, it's it's meant for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a fun way to get out and learn the game and not do it alone. Be able yeah. to do it with your friends. Yeah. Um, that's, that's one of the missing, I think that's what's been missing with golf for a long time and why it, why it's kind of trailed behind soccer and, and football and baseball and because it's not a team sport. It's an individual sport. It could be an awful lonely sport too. It, it very well can. And it's with PGA Junior League, it's a, it's also a great way to get those re- that want to do golf or that may be heading into high school kind of ready for that tournament pressure yeah but in a fun way when because junior league you're not alone you have a partner but you still get that used used to that pressure right and that's that's big for getting ready for high school golf yeah and that would have been something great and it it can also kind of help feed into high school golf and get more golfers for different high schools um i think if it was around back when i went to high school our high school team could have probably been a little bigger if pga junior league was around and I tell you what, just this just came to my my mind is thinking big scale. PJ Junior League's only what five five years, I believe, five years so, old. Yeah. We do this, and it's been growth year after year. We continue to have this program grow. Um, Ryder Cups could change in the favor of the Americans because this team aspect is something that's kind of normal in Europe. You, from the club level, they have the inter club matches, and you don't see a lot of that here in the U.S. But PJ Junior League is really a good thing to get kids thinking differently about the game of golf. It's more of a team thing. Dual program such as a drive chip and putt. Oh, the drive chip and putt is is another great initiative. I mean, it's is it a team thing? No, but is it building golf? Oh, for sure. I mean, the the finals are at Augusta National. I mean, what kid that loves golf doesn't want to go to Augusta? Yeah, and that's not even the grand prize. You can't beat that. No. I mean, I finally got to experience Augusta this year for the first time, and I mean, I didn't even get to, I wasn't swinging a golf club there, but I still had goosebumps. I can't even imagine what these kids felt. Yeah, and and again, having that privilege that I've had, not just to go to Augusta for the Masters, but going to to DCP, Drive, Chip, and Putt since its inception, that's been, it's been pretty cool for a guy that loves junior golf, just loves golf in general, to, to be there and to see... Not just the kids, the excitement that they have, because honestly, for some of them, they don't know the magnitude of what's going on. That's true. I mean, just from my first year going this year to watch, I re- I can recall you and I sitting on the driving range watching these kids doing their drive portion, and our favorite part was watching the, the pros interact with these kids once mm-hmm. they were done, and coming up and shaking their hands and just kind of talking to them and showing them that they're normal people. And... and- the to to the point that people bring up a lot that we're never we're always kids at heart. How about the reaction with some of the parents when 
when an Adam Scott or Bubba Watson or whoever would come up and shake the hands of the kids, but you'd see the parents the the that were with them on the driving that range. excited look. Oh my god! You just got to shake his hand. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. And then and then another initiative that's out there on a, a little bit of a smaller scale because it's more uh, it's more segmented on who actually runs certain things is PGA Junior Camps. We. We got into a partnership with them this past year, and it's it was a slow start for us, but what a great initiative that is. Oh, yeah, well. I, I really enjoyed the, the PGA Junior Camps. Um, not only are they a, a great partner, but they they provide kind of, not goodie bags, but little treats for the kids throughout yeah. the week that the kids look forward to, whether that be a, even a water bottle or a sleeve of golf balls. The kids look forward to that, and they kind of work towards that, which is really great for the instructors of the camp. It kind of lets them have a a goal for the kids. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of great junior initiatives out there. I'm excited about 2019. I'm sure you are. Sure am. Um, We've got, like, what we talked about a little bit uh, previous is our Cradle to Grave Cradle to grave, <laughs> cradle to college. Well, well, you could call I mean, it that. Golf is a lifetime sport. That, that is true, but our cradle to college concept and our golf roadmap and in PGA Junior League, check it out. PGAJuniorLeague.com, DriveChipAndPutt.com, PGA Junior Camps. I'm not sure what the what the URL is on that one, but you can Google PGA Junior Camps, and these are all initiatives that we're doing here in Central Florida. But these are you know, across the United States. So wherever you are, if you're picking this up in Alaska, I'm sure that there's stuff up in Alaska too. I know there's a DCP in Alaska. Yeah. No matter where you are, just kind of reach out to your nearest professional and see what's being offered. And if there's nothing being offered that you think should be, well, ask them to start it. Yeah. And as we wrap up, at least this portion, we're going to you know, edit this st- together and post this, and it's all going to come together and be a beautiful thing, right, Jordan? But before before we do that, I just want to do a couple plugs here. LittleLinksters.com. You can find my bio, Jordan's bio, the rest of our team, their bios. You can see some of the things that we offer. Uh, GolfAcademy.edu, uh, which is the webpage for the Golf Academy of America. Uh, it's just creating opportunities for those interested in working in the industry. It's an associate's degree, so you can find out more about that. Yeah, and uh, back to littleinksters.com. I mean, don't only follow us here on the podcast, but keep up with littleinksters.com. You you can see um, kind of the coaches will post things here and mm-hmm. there that you can go to the recent news and just kind of see what's going on. Yeah, exactly, and I'm actually starting a blog. I don't know if I've talked to you about that. Oh, boy. Uh, but the blog, I, act, I actually think it's going up on the site today. Um, which will incorporate some of the stuff we're doing with the podcast, but really we just want to provide more information for our followers and our community and, and, and share, you know, it's all about sharing our passion with those that love the game as well. Uh, one last plug, uh, this Sunday, December 2nd, hopefully I can get this podcast posted (laughs) before that, but we're doing our second annual holiday auction. A lot of great stuff. We got sign items from Tiger Woods, Justin Rose, uh, Ernie L's. Uh, so here, here's how you log on. By the way, two week long passes to the PGA Championship at Bethpage, U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. It's gonna blow your mind. Some of the stuff that we're auctioning it off. So it's gonna be from twelve o'clock to three o'clock Eastern Standard Time this Sunday, December seventh. 
And it'll be on Instagram. December 2nd. December 2nd from 12 noon to 3 o'clock p.m. Um, it'll be on Instagram at Little Linksters. Uh, it'll be on Facebook.com backslash Little.Linksters. We're going to do live feeds from both of those. Uh, and basically people do. If you, if you like the prize that we have up that's uh, our junior auctioneer, Brenton Makowitz, one of our students that she's talking about, we're just going to take bids from people in the comment section. So whoever She's a pro. She did it last year. Yeah, she did a good job last year. So whoever has the highest bid at the time that we stop taking bids, which will be 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, that'll be the person that wins it. And then we'll just get in touch with you and we'll work out payments. We'll do that through PayPal. And then we'll get shipping information if it's going to someone not local and Hopefully, you can raise some more money. We do have our end-of-the-year drive as well. Uh, that's on Facebook, uh, so you can go to my Facebook page. Again, it's facebook.com, little.linksters, and you can see our year-end drive. Well, we're just asking for $10 a person. That's it, and the idea is to get multiple people to share that fundraiser and tell their friends, tell 10 people, and 10 people with $10, and keep going and going and going. The coffee and a donut. I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure we can do that. Yeah. And $10 what are we gonna share? You know, I I don't think sometimes people realize what we do with the money that we raise because Little Linksters is a nonprofit. We're creating scholarship opportunities for kids that couldn't afford to play the game, get introduced to the game, as well as kids in our goals program. Yeah, goals. Is... Our goals program is kids with special needs and. Uh, so, you know, we really want to share the game with every child possible. And sometimes they just can't do it financially. So we create scholarships for them. We have awesome partners, Jordan Spieth and his foundation. They've been great partners for the last three years. Uh, financially, they've been a huge help for our goals program. That's for uh, sure. Yeah, so it, it takes special people to help us continue to do what we love to do. And it's all for the benefit of the kids, without question. Oh, for sure. So, Jordan, any last thoughts before we wrap up this segment? Um, well, I hope everybody enjoyed our uh, first episode here. And um, remember, this was Love of the Links. We'll be putting out an episode every week, and stay tuned. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Jordan, and we'll see you guys soon. All right. So we're here with our first Linksters Corner interview. And today we have Bryn Presimone. Hi, Bryn. Hi. How you doing? Yeah. How old are you? Ten. Ten, and you've been playing golf for how long? Like three and a half years. Three and a half years. And would you say that golf is one of your favorite things that you do? Yes. Yeah? How come? What makes it fun for you? Playing with other people in the tournaments. Yeah, and what else? Progressing progressing coach jordan what do you think about that i don't think many people would expect to hear that answer from a 10 year old no i don't either so when you say progressing uh think back three years ago versus now what do you think you've progressed at most putting yeah what specifically about your putting the speed in the aim okay and that's pretty. That's pretty. Uh, a pretty good thought for a kid her age is 
knowing that the two most important things with putting are what? Say it again. Speed and aim. Speed and aim. And do you think one's more important than the other? Speed. Speed, yeah. See, she's sharp, right? But I also use the the kind of question as when it comes to speed and aim. I mean, you could have the right speed, but if you don't have the right aim, it's not going in the hole. Right. right. So then why is speed more important than aim? Mm. That's a good question. What do you think? Well, because if it goes way past, then your aim doesn't matter. Because then it's like off the green somewhere. Okay. All right. I, I like that answer. So what about full swing? You've got one of the better full swings, I think, of, of the kids that do private lessons with any of our coaches. Um, what do you think the best thing about your full swing is? Follow through. Your follow through? Even though that's what we were just working on like two seconds ago <laughs> and I said you got a lot of work to do. What do I mean like coming through? Coming through, okay. I think, and Coach Jordan's probably going to say the same thing, is you have a very, you stay on your path very well. So as you go back, you know those lines we draw on the V1 of trying to keep your club on, on the right path, on the right swing plane? Yeah. She does a tremendous job. Wouldn't you agree, Jordan? I would completely agree, as well as with her new toy she got, her lag is looking amazing. Yeah. Which it's is... looking like it did a while ago. Right. So, so Bryn, you've been working with, with us for quite a while three years taking lessons through junior league or private lessons right Mm -hmm. do you you were talking about progressing okay what about scores what are you most proud of in the last let's say year with your scores getting higher in the u.s kids yep so what's something you're really proud of that you can say you can say we can share it with all the people listening Going to Worlds. Going to Worlds. Which, where's Worlds? In North Carolina in Pinehurst. Yeah. Was that a cool experience? Mm-hmm. The parade. Yeah. Now, I think for your first time that you did pretty good, you're probably a little disappointed with your scoring. Uh-huh. But that's a big experience for the first time. So I know our coaches are super proud of you. So what would you say to kids that are maybe eight and nine years old that might be listening right now and just getting started in golf. What's what's some good advice you can give to them? Stay determined. There you go. Good I advice. That. that is good. You're a very wise young lady. What, so, a, what about somebody that hasn't golfed but is thinking about it? What would you tell them? Don't give up trying. Yeah. Don't just give, give it trying. a shot, right? Because especially if you're taking lessons... Things are going to get pretty hard first. Pretty di- difficult when you're learning new things, right? Mm-hmm. And if it gets difficult, the easiest thing to do is say, yeah, I'm not going to keep trying very hard, right? Yeah. But you don't do that. Well, sometimes she does, <laughs> sometimes she does it. So staying determined, that's really good advice. What else, what else could you give them for advice? <laughs> it's all right. What's something that you could probably do a little more of at home? Practice. <laughs> What's difficult for a girl your age when it comes to practice? Giving up. Giving up. 
Yeah, because you've got so much other stuff going on. You got school and other things going on. But putting in the time is going to show the results, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Any more questions, Coach Jordan? No, I think our our first Linkster's corner here did pretty good. I think yeah. she set a pretty high bar. Yeah. So thank you, Bryn. Good interview. <laughs> and let's get back to practicing right now. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>